Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound. sound, 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 sound. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Madcap. I'm Daniel Bloom. Our guest today is drum and bass royalty. We spoke the last time he was in town, and he's back tonight at U Street Music Hall. This is Dan Bloom of Madcap, and I'm here with... Bailey, Metalhead's DJ for about 18 years, Ministry of Sound Radio presenter, previous 10 years on BBC Radio 1 Extra and Radio 1, Serato icon. <laughs> the list goes so on. Keep going. <laughs> keep going as long as you want. Thousands of years before the coming of the Black Prophet Jesus... Africa is where it all began, evidently. It began with an inventive black man, perhaps astounded at the beauty of the universe around him. So he began to beat on a log. It was a very simple beat at first. Then, as my man's understanding of his environment grew, so did his expression of his emotions. Through mankind's first drum, 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 drum. It began in Africa, Africa, Africa. I was going to talk about this later, but I'll just mention no worries. a track of yours that I completely blown away by, and I play this track for everybody. Yeah. African descent, especially yeah. the, especially the remix. There's just something about the way you flip that beat and the sample yeah. at the beginning, man. It's like hair raising. For me, that was kind of, all right, now here's the origins of what you're listening to right now. That's what that sample's all about. Africa is where it all began, evidently. But that tune came around by accident. I mean, big respect to uh, Dave King, my old producer at, um, at, at, at BBC One Extra. Basically, what was happening, um, there'd be features on the station, and we'd have to find a clever way to sort of link into the feature that's going on on the station that month and there was a uh, Africa week going on and I had absolutely no way of doing this and he Dave said to me why don't you make a tune I was like all right then so I just flung that thing together real quick and then uh, once it got released I thought you know I can do better than this let me have a version for myself and that's when I did the other version Where does that vocal sample at the beginning come from? Like, and then as my man's understanding, his environment grew, wh- where's that yeah, from? Um, well, what happened was I bought some CDs that were all about tracks that had been sampled by people who'd made dance music. I just happened to find the full vocal sample of what I was using on this CD. I was like, this is great, man. All these are the intros. Great intro. Yeah. And with the bongos, you know, it builds up. Yeah, it just worked perfectly, man. It's just like another one of the situations where it just happened to come together. The right samples were there and the vibe was right. And I think also it worked for me because there was no real pressure. It was just at the time when I made the original was just something whereby I'm just going to throw this together just for this feature. So it just it came out how it did. So there was no pressure to please anybody but myself. Africa is where it all began, evidently. 
It began with an inventive black man, perhaps astounded at the beauty of the universe around him. So he began to beat on a log. Then, as my man's understanding of his environment grew, so did his expression of his emotions through mankind's first drum, 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 drum. I want to ask you about playing live. So, obviously, you do a weekly radio show, and that's kind of in a studio. You know, you have a couple people in there with you, but it's really professional operation. Mm. And you don't get a chance. I mean, through Twitter and social media, you can interact with the fans. But when you're out here playing in a venue, how? I just want to get your take on what that feels like to you, how that has been through the development of your career. You know, what is it like to go out there and play this music for crowds around the world? Well, every single night's different. But people will try and say, oh, what's it like in, in this country or this country? It's, it doesn't come down to that. What it comes down to is, you know, what the people are like on the night, you know, and uh, what the weather's like and where you are and stuff like that. There's a lot of parameters uh, that make up a good night. But um, it's nice to come out and actually look in the eyes of the people. Well, I'll try to because I'm quite shy. But um, to look in the eyes of the people and be there right there with them and, and actually representing the flesh. You know, there's people that wanted to see me play for a long time. So it's nice to actually interact. And I'm not one of these guys that just stays back to say, oh, I will walk into the crowd and you know, have a drink. And I like to be amongst the people, see how they are and what, check what their vibe is. Um, so for me, it's a real personal experience and a, always a learning curve like there's ups and downs um, but it's always uh, an eye-opener So the first time I ever had the pleasure of watching you DJ was at U Street Music Hall, a place that I noticed you have a stamp on your hand of right now. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Deep Dish last night? A little bit, yeah, but I went to get down to um, Tropicalia, uh, the Too Tough uh, event, and just sort of prepare, make sure everything was ready. So I was only there for a quick shot, and then I was out there. And it wasn't uh, too busy when I got there, so I didn't really catch you know a proper vibe, but I was hearing some good tunes. Yeah, yeah. I checked it out beforehand as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> first time I saw you DJ I was really struck by a lot of people perceive drum and bass as being very mechanical mm. you know being kind of inhuman but listening to you play I was really struck by how accessible and funky it was you know like this one track I had to go home and look this up this one track that you played insatiable oh god yeah Jaydan. yeah man that song starts with a sample of summer madness by right. cool and the gang and I was like what? I was blown away. I'm yeah. like, drum and bass is this too? Yes. When the music starts to play, I'm
is straight funky. Yeah, and you're talking about a guy who makes jump up 99% of the time, and he comes up with this excellent liquid tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calling the gang Summer, uh, Summer Madness was another one of those tunes I discovered when you know I was playing with the sound system with friends from school. You know, it was a rare groove era where it was all about looking for those original tracks and samples from, you know, the earlier 70s and stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I couldn't believe he managed to fit that in there like that. I was just like, and then with the vocal on top, perfect. Absolutely perfect. music of any genre really is all about encouraging and enabling people to just completely cut loose and be themselves on the dance floor yeah that's what i saw last night at tropicalia i mean everybody who was in that club really wanted to be there because the weather was shit people showed up and people threw down yeah. because that's what they felt like they needed inside yeah and it was just a real thrill to be a part of that crowd and what you're gonna get for me you know in this situation is just like i'm not gonna start playing stuff what i think they should hear you know, I'm, I'm playing stuff off. I've, you know, you need to hear this tune. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is like when my friends were in, in the bedroom back in the day. I'm like, have you heard this one? Have you heard this one? Listen to this one. It's like that. They know that's what they're going to get. You know, the amount of filtering to get to that stage, it's a lot, man. I get sent about 100 tunes a week. I'll probably end up with four, you know, and I don't play tracks just because it's made by whoever. You know, if, if, it's, if I'm not into it, I'm not into it. It's simple. This is Madcap. I'm Dan Bloom, and we're hearing a preview of my conversation with DJ Bailey. He is a drum and bass DJ, producer, and radio presenter who's performing at U Street Music Hall tonight. There's a Metalheads showcase featuring Doc Scott, TRAC out of New York, and DJ Slant from right here in D.C. Many people around the world know DJ Bailey from his work on BBC Radio 1 and 1 Extra, but now you can catch him every week on Ministry of Sound. Into Beats, Drum and Bass with Bailey. Now That's you can right. hear it once a week, 5 to 7 GMT. Am I right? Yeah, it's live. There's certain conditions that I insisted upon, and one of them was um, I want it live. 
you know, I don't want to pre-record it. I want to be able to talk to people while I'm on air and I want it weekly. I don't want it monthly, you know what I mean? And since I've gone there, I've made a lot of changes, you know, uh, Fabio and Groover are on there now, uh, you know, when Fabio went on there, I mean, he said on the interview with me on Ministry Sound, you know, we came over here because we saw you were here. Uh, and the people at um, uh, Ministry, uh, the managers of the radio station, asked me on my advice on who else they should get. They want to sort of get more DJs on. So we've got Drum Sound, Bassline Smith on, we've got Marky on, we've got Dispatch Recordings on. Well, obviously, Brian G's there already. So it's a pretty strong lineup right now. They say time is the fire. How, if at all, is drum and bass related to dubstep? Well, yeah, in a big way. Some people don't even realize. You see, a, a lot of these guys like, uh, for example, Scream. Okay, now this is where bloody hell. I've met <laughs> okay, I used to work in a record shop in Croydon called Apple Records. Mm -hmm. Now, um, they used to sell house music on the bottom floor. Middle floor, I used to sell drum and bass. On the top floor, there was a studio where Artwork had his studio. He's one of the guys from uh, Magnetic Man. Now, you know, he was, you know, always encouraged people to try and make tunes. I went up there one time, he was like, come and make a tune, come and make a tune, because he's well into his sound, he loved it. He invited Scream and Banger up there and they started making tunes, just this, you know, they just threw together whatever. It turned out to be dubstep, right? Now, Scream's um, elder brother, Hijack, is one of the guys that helped me get the, the job in the shop in the first place. Um, so you know they're all sort of um, sort of descendants of the jungle sound in a way because they're you know they're they're um, you know, elder you know siblings were the ones that were into it and I remember I never forget this day I was stood outside the shop and Scream had just started making tunes he wasn't really anyone big at the time and he he turned to me and he was like you know because I was flying around the world you know a lot at that time um, and he says you know what, one day I want to do what you guys do that's what he said to me. And look at him now, <laughs> absolutely flying. So respect to Scream, man, you know, he did his thing. Um, but yeah, a lot of the dubstep basically took a lot of their influences from jungle music if you want to cut a long story short. You know, we interviewed Scream on this show and he talked about working in that record store. I worked in a record shop. That will mean nothing to nobody now because they don't, because there's no record shop. There's no more record shop. But yeah. like, I, I never went to school, so I'd, I'd go and work, I'd go and stand in the, if like, I stood in the record shop for so long that they said, do you want a job? Because I was just standing at the back. Like, I knew everyone there. Uh -huh. But they're like, if you're going to stand here all day, you might as well do something. <laughs> I'm so glad I worked in, like, the, with the people I worked in a record shop and whatever. I learned how to talk to talk to someone who was on their break from, uh, like, working gas. Right. Or working telephone poles. Or working... Yeah. You learn how to talk to everyone in a social environment and be, be polite. So you're telling me that you and Scream were working in the same record shop? I mean, we were all, like, the guy that ran it, John Kennedy, he's not the house DJ, John Kennedy, he's another guy, just 
you know, just started a record shop and, uh, you know, at various stages we were all involved in that store, you know, Hatchel worked there, obviously, you know, Benga Scream artworks from there, I'm from there, Hijack is from there, you know, that's a very important sh- store, that, like, you're talking about the beginning of dubstep at that record store. Wow. In, yeah. That's pretty deep. Yeah, serious, man. so interesting and fun to listen to you talk about this because you, you obviously care so much yeah you know and you're like a walking encyclopedia yeah 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 I, I pride myself on you know the information that's what goldie called me the oracle you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah Last night, you were scheduled to play from midnight to 2 a.m., yeah. and you did not stop playing until after 2.30 a.m., yeah. and I just love the vibe of, okay, I mean, I, I know that DJ Slant was very generous and yeah. allowed you to take that last spot, and it was actually his idea, mm. but, you know, I've seen DJs out there who have a one-hour act, mm. and that is all they're going to give you, and because that's all they've got, mm. and I really respect DJs and performers who are able to just lay it out there. If you were forced to do a four-hour set, you could probably do a four-hour well, set. That's, you that's could do no a problem. Exactly. You know, no like, that that to me typifies like a beast of a DJ. Mm. You know, you're not a faker out there. You've got it. you got that and more. Well, you know, I've been tested in several ways. I was just coming up and you know I was part of the Internati crew and and, and uh, Groove Rider's a good friend of theirs as well you know he saw me coming but he put me to a test quite a few times you know what I mean <laughs> he'd turn up on time and he's playing after me but he'd wait just to see if I'd run out and you had to be ready for that you know what I mean I was, I, you know, my attitude's right I'll play till the sun comes up like David Rodigan would say honestly I'll play I don't care I've got tunes I'll play b-sides I've got good b-sides I'll carry on playing so um, I'm, I'm you know I'm always ready but you see I wouldn't like um, it's not something I could do for an audience that weren't ready for it mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying uh, like too tough is easy because you know it's an educated crowd and you know that you can lay down stuff that is basically you know good and they will appreciate it so I could keep going and going and going I got loads of tunes to play for them you know what I mean and then I got all different kinds of you know different sort of segues and stuff that I could use to, to educate the people that don't really know about the music that hey here's the original sample and it's, there's a million ways you could go because they understand but in some places when they say you've got a, an hour and a half I, I stick to it because it's like unless the vibe carries then I'll keep going yeah right well let's take a minute to big up Too Tough because they're the ones who brought you to town they brought you to town before they've been carrying the torch for drum and bass in DC for 20 years
I might have played at their second ever event. Really? Yeah, they're the first people to ever bring me to the States. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, man. So a long relationship with them. Very, very long. They're good friends of mine. And every year, Peter from Too Tough, well, for the last 40 years, we go to Miami together. Uh, it's the only time I get to see him, you know. He came over to London one time. We hung out with Goldie. You know, it was that kind of relationship with these guys. You know, they're not just some promoters I know. You know, they're good people that I like to hang with. DJ Bailey with For The Love, featuring MC Fats. This is from the MC Fats Benefit album, We Gotcha. Stay tuned for the full episode with DJ Bailey, which was more than expansive and more than enlightening. Features a lot of talk about this tribute album, about the history of drum and bass, and about the life and times of DJ Bailey. In the meantime, make sure you stop by U Street Music Hall tonight for the Metalheads DC Showcase, featuring Doc Scott, DJ Bailey, TRAC, and DJ Slant. Special thanks to DJ Bailey himself, to Yaw, to DJ Slant, Andy, and everybody at Too Tough. For more information, visit baileyintobeats.com. Madcap is produced by Dan Bloom, David Ross, and Afim Shapiro. Our intern is Drew Snadeke. Madcapdc.org, on Facebook and Twitter, at MadcapDC. You can also find us every Tuesday on TBA, SeatGeek's blog. That's tba.seatgeek.com.